It's showtime. Is old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode of the Kenny Ho Show. How are you? I hope all is well. So I'm doing it again. Doing one of these, if something comes to me, I'll just go on and record it. Never mind having the complete product ready to go. Do it in bits and pieces. I have yet to edit the other one because I'm like five episodes ahead. I released three episodes this week. I'm doing the best I can. I mean, I could technically probably release every every single day, one new episode every single day, but then I would hate my life. And I already hate my mind. I gotta have something that I enjoy doing. And sitting here editing all day, it certainly does not fill that. So we'll see. In uh, probably a week and a half or two tops, we'll see how that other episode went. If it was a good idea to release in bits and pieces, like if it's not noticeable whatsoever, or if it's clearly, Kenny, you recorded that at 2 in the morning, where you're so sluggish, clearly ready for bed, and you had no business recording. And this one, clearly in the middle of the afternoon, you know, when your third meal of the day already has kicked in, but the itis from said third meal has yet to kick in, and so... You're full of energy. And I didn't think I would record because I've recorded a lot, a lot over the past few days. But I just uh, watched Ip Man 4 and I felt like I had something to say. So here we go. Uh, I don't know about a review. You know how I do. I just talk about the movie and what I thought was great and uh, what I thought could use some work. The pros right off the top is... I found this movie to be better than Ip Man 3 because I love the first Ip Man. I've watched that a few times, which is saying a lot now. I don't really watch things. So if I'm watching the same movie four, five, six times, that's a lot at this point in my life. When I was 16, it wasn't a lot. Back then, I I literally have probably watched the movie The Princess Diaries a hundred times. And if we're talking just bits and pieces... Probably three, four hundred times. Turns out I might have an, uh, an obsessive personality, but I think I've only watched The Prince's Diaries Part 2, the sequel, the most anticipated sequel in my life, for myself, I mean, not others, as I'm pretty sure I was the only one who used to watch, you know, how Disney DVDs used to be like, and coming soon. Every single movie I used to watch, I'm like, please be Princess Diaries 2. Please be Princess Diaries 2. And it was never Princess Diaries 2. And then I finally gave up. And then there was a Princess Diaries 2. And then I watched it. And it was pretty disappointing. The magic of the first one just wasn't there. Was Lily even in it? The boyfriend was different. They had her get married. Yeah, it was crap. You know what? I I refrain from saying that. Let me take that back. I'm going to watch it again at some point and I'll let you know if it's crap or it's just, it's 100% definitely not as good as the original. 
but I don't know if it goes as far as being crap. That's still a Gary Marshall and Anne Hathaway movie, so I don't... It's probably not crap. It was just, like, completely underwhelming. But that's not the movie I'm talking about today. I'm talking about Ip Man 4, which is better than Ip Man 3, because much like The Princess Diaries 2, after watching Ip Man 2, I'm like, yeah, I want more. I hope there's a sequel. And then when they announce that there's a sequel... Now that I think about it, now that I'm talking about it, it turned out the exact same way. Both movies were highly anticipated, if only by me, and I couldn't wait to finally watch these films. And when I finally did, both were pretty underwhelming. Like, I couldn't tell you what the third one was about. I know Tyson was in it, and he had a weird fight with Ip Man, but I couldn't tell you why that fight happened. I know Tyson then uses patent move, the I'll bite your ear off. I mean, the I'll bite your ear off, foo. Which, to be fair, would be the most memorable line of all time. Never mind just for that one movie. There's nobody who'd watch that film that would forget that line ever. So by the end of that one, when I looked up online if there was going to be more and found out, oh yeah, they're doing one more, I'm like, I know, I... I get that the allure of the teat. Understand this is your cash cow. These probably don't cost you a ton and they probably make you Actually that's a that's a great uh question. How much do these movies make and how much do they cost? Let me just do a quick Google job here. Uh let's say Ip Man Ip Man four. Let's say production cost. Production cost. The budget was $52 million. That's way more than I thought that movie would be. The first one was $11 million. The second one, uh, $12 million. I got scared for a second. It's a $100 million. I'm like, what the hell? Were there giant starships that I forgot were in the movie or something? Did they have CGI Terminators in there? But then it turns out it's 100 million CNY, so the Chinese money. 12 million for that. And 36 million man somebody's ripping them off. 36 million to make the second one? What was? Uh, I mean the third one, not the not the second one. Even this last one, 52 million dollars. Did they like severe this seems like money laundering. I may be onto something, right? This is definitely money laundering. This reeks of a, a shady Chinese company making a twelve million dollar film, but pumping over twenty million dollars of drug money through here, and then forty million on the next one. There is no way that movie with zero CGI and special effects cost fifty million dollars. It's either that or they were filming on the most expensive locations ever. These people are jacking it up. They're like, oh, it, man, we know those are successful films. So this is the regular rate. We're charging you five times that. This is highway robbery. Our gangster overlords are not going to like this. Tell me, do you like going for runs? Well, actually, I do. I've signed myself up to run a, a two-kilometer marathon. Well, try running that with one freaking knee. All right, so how much did it make? Production costs, so box office. It man box office. It made $193 million. That is, that's why they made that movie. And to wash their dirty money. 
but their budget was $50 million. I don't remember tons of promotion for this movie. But let's say, they always say, what, they double it up, right? Double up the budget. So let's say even at $100 million, they made over $90 million. So I absolutely understand why they made that movie. And quite frankly, I'm glad that they did because three, I felt like they ran out of steam. I felt like they were basically redoing one and two, the same theme, you know, uh, racism and the Chinese being walked all over by some other racist pieces of shit. And then we come back and we stick it to them. But I felt they did it way the hell better in the first one. Still better in the second one. And then by the third one, they'd gone to the well one too many times. And it fell pretty flat. But then the fourth one, again, same themes. But I felt like they did a really good job. I felt like they made those white devils, those seguilos, really unlikable and really racist. And it was a fine tale of comeuppance for these privileged, bigoted, this is my country, go back to yours, pieces of shits. Which, listen, even the little girl in the, in this one said it. She said it best. Listen, you're an immigrant too. We're all immigrants. The only ones that aren't are those booze-loving Indians. No, that's insensitive of me. That's not what they're called. What I meant to say was... The only ones who aren't immigrants is those booze-loving, tax-free-living, indigenous folk. This movie did what good movies are supposed to do, and that is inspire. Now, sure, it's never going to win any Academy Awards or anything of the ilk, or even... I'm not going to look. I'm not doing an episode where I do research twice on it, but I'm going to assume the critics don't love this movie. Who gives a shit about critics? Those are like the douchiest, snobbiest people on the planet. Why the hell do I give a shit about their opinion? My opinion's actually more valid than theirs. And that's a low bar, I gotta say. But to me, this was a good movie because by the end of it, I was like, I am ashamed to my people. I'm ashamed to my daddy. He's worked so hard. There have been people who, who put in so much blood, sweat, and tears to be a trailblazer so that... People would be less racist to me. Notice I didn't say not racist to me because racism is a thing. It's in everybody's heart and it's always going to be there. But at least people are more closeted racist. Except for the dirty Vietnamese. They're freaking very outwardly racist, especially towards Chinese for some reason. That's why I've gone down the road that I've gone down with them. I'm like, all right, if you insist, I enjoy this game eye for an eye. Believe me, if you think you can be racist, I can do it better. If you think you're a piece of shit, well, then you're right. I'm glad you have that self-awareness there, you can artist. Hey, man, this film inspired me to be a, a more proud Chinese person and look out for Chinese people more. It didn't inspire me to be a perfect human being who likes every form of Asian but by the end of that movie, I'm like, I need to do more with my life. I wish I were more, you know? But here's the problem. If wishes were horseshoes, right? You can't wish for things. You can simply... You just gotta do what you gotta do now and try to do better and make more of yourself now. And I often think, because I always regret, I always beat myself up about not going forward with being an actor. Why didn't I go back to Hong Kong? Why didn't I go to TVB? 
but then I forget who I was back then. I'm I'm not the same person as I was back then as I am now. I was basically white on the inside. Super Asian on the surface, but super white on the inside. I was basically a white man wearing an Asian man meat suit. Like the ongoing joke between us guys back then in uh, in theater school was I was the whitest person in the class. Physically, the only person of color, but overall, the whitest person in that class. I didn't think highly of Asian people back then. I don't know if I'd go as far as to say I was ashamed, but I certainly wasn't very proud. There was times I didn't want to be Asian. I wanted to be white. There's no doubt about that. Dude, I literally had... An Asian, I told this story uh, a few weeks ago. I literally had an Asian girl come on to me at the Lilix concert. Dude, I'm sure I could have, if I wanted to, at least made out with her, if not take her into the bathroom and treat her like the sex object that she is. No, that's not right. That's incorrect. That's not cool of me to say. My forefathers would be very ashamed and disappointed in me. Let me try this again. I could have at least taken her into the bathroom and treated her like the baby-making, child-rearing, dishwashing, dinner-making, tea-fetching sex object that she is. My ancestors love me now. Yes. Yes, so basically what I was trying to say was I need to stop beating myself up about not continuing with being an actor especially not going back to Hong Kong to do it because I just, that just wasn't me back then. I didn't even consider that truly. I considered moving away to Vancouver and working some ass job way more than I considered going to Hong Kong and becoming a TVB star. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I can't live like that. But after watching this film, I, I definitely was disappointed that I'm not more. I'm like, I would like to be a powerful Chinese person so I could do more for my community. So I can give better tips to my fellow brethren who are investing in movies to make it seem like they're operating a legitimate business. I'm like, hey guys, the first one was only $12 million. Nobody's going to believe you that this next one that is identical to the first couple costs you five times as much why don't we instead of pumping in this much drug and blood money into this movie let's just double it up oh the first two cost 12 each this one costs 25 it's bigger and better yes 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 you'll definitely notice and remember the special effects but then I would just spin it off. They should totally make... Because the dude they cast to play Bruce Lee in this totally looks like Bruce Lee. So they should spin it off. They should do the Ip Man-verse. <gasps> An Ip Man-verse? They should totally do that. The Ip Man-verse Bruce Lee. Hey man, because these things are cash cows. Blood money or not. Even treating it like a legitimate business, they're making close to $100 million in profit off this. I would definitely have a Bruce Lee trilogy. And if I were in the position of power, I would be like, now we're going to also spin off to these lesser known characters. This Asian girl who was supposed to be straight up Asian, but clearly she's a half white girl. I understand why y'all casted her. She's, you know, she's exotic. She's pretty. 
Now, this girl, she looked young, so I definitely did not get the usual with her. The only thing I got was, it's from Mama White. I feel like the story doesn't lend itself to her mama being white. But my guy nailed yourself a white girl. Yes, you defiled one of them. One of those white devils. I see why you're in charge of this board here. But I did look at some of the cast afterwards, and I did see that white girl is... I think she's like 17, which is rare that they cast an actual like teenager to play a high schooler, or at least one that's actually kind of close to the age. Usually it's like 19, 21 teen, or in the case of Tom Welling playing a 16-year-old Clark Kent in Smallville Season 1, 2017. So with this one, just wait a few years. You know, once you got your Bruce Lee movie out, and your Ip Man's Son movies out, and your Buddy Cop movie with the fat guy and the skinny reporter guy films out, you go and you have half Asian, half white girl films out. I'm telling you, she's a pretty girl. If you tie it into the Ip Man verse, if you have her continue to train in Kung Fu and stuff, you're going to make... All right, let's not be crazy here, even though it's like a woke world. It's still a female-led film. It's still a lesser film is basically what I'm saying. So instead of making $190 million, you you know, you'll probably make $90 million. No, you'll make more than that because you don't have to pay her so much. It's like, but you paid Donnie Yen $20 million a film. Why am I only getting twenty grand? It's like, listen, lady, you're going to marry a man one day. He's going to provide for you. You don't need all this money. And I'm telling you, last year, my Maytag broke down. I replaced that and like seven other appliances in my house. Did not cost me 20 grand. So please don't make it seem like I'm a jerk. I'm being very generous here. Do I have female listeners? I I want (laughs) at this point, I feel like that's a very legitimate question. And if I do, and I don't mean like technically female. You know, technically, you know, they've got the the parts of a female, but God beat them with the ugly stick. Gave them the short end of the stick and the large end of the blimp. Back to the movie. I like the movie. A lot of cool action, although I feel like the Bruce Lee fight scene could have been a minute shorter. But I felt like all the fight scenes had a purpose to it. It wasn't like showing off. They're not fighting just to fight. It all furthered the story. It all furthered the characters. Because that, uh, that Tai Chi dude, the, the guy who ran the board, uh, the half, the dude who slayed a white girl, what up? That dude, I hated him. I'm like, oh man, you're such a dick. How could you be rude to it? Man, this guy's like the nicest dude ever. There is actually no Chinese person like him. Well, maybe except for my dad. My dad's pretty pretty honorable and pretty nice. So that makes it worse. He was basically rude to my dad. Man, if I were tough, I'd kick his ass myself. But I didn't need to because he redeemed himself by showing up to fight that really cocky guy old wannabe piece of shit. And that line that got me, even though it was in Mandarin and I didn't quite understand it, I kind of got the gist when the, the Asian Marine Hartman, I'm like, ah, you're, you're kind of Asian, I guess. Your daddy defiled a nice Asian girl. Not too crazy about that. But he seemed to, to really take to the Asian side of his family and the Asian culture. So I guess I can live with that. 
But he was like, you don't have to fight. And then the Tai Chi master was just like, yes, I do. This guy's disrespected Chinese people. I have to fight. I have to fight for all Chinese people. And I'm like, no, I don't want to cry on the inside. But if this were 10 years ago, bud, I'd be bawling my eyes out. But at this point, I'm just like, oh, this is cool. And you're going to get your ass slapped up. I understand that. Uh, but at least you're going down fighting for the right thing. And then that final Ip Man fight, pretty good. It kind of makes sense in the in the series. You know, he's an old man. He's not as strong and as fast as he used to be. But he's still a master. He still fights for the right reason. And good always triumphs over evil. Except on the Kenny Ho show. Good, evil, none of it matters. Still last in ratings. <sighs> But that guy was OP, right? That Guile guy. I'll give credit where credit is due. This one time, I guess. But that Guile dude, he beat the shit out of it. Man, he didn't win, but he didn't like lose-lose. It wasn't a squash match. He gave as basically as good as he got. And that's why I was thinking, like, this, uh, if people think about it really deeply, this does not look good. You're literally picking the greatest in that universe, the greatest Chinese martial artist ever. And he barely wins against this generic white guy. I guarantee you he's not the greatest white man martial artist fighter guy in that universe. It's like, ugh, I don't want to meet his boss. I don't want to meet the guy that trained him. It man might not be able to beat him. That's not going to look good for my people. Ah, I'll just poison the man's brandy or whatever. So yeah, so I'll go beat the yellow man, but not before I have my fine glass of brandy like excellent excellent that whole ice cube is actually rat poisoning it took a lot of chinese science to figure it out but i found a way to liquefy rat poisoning and then turn it into a frozen delicious and refreshing ice cube of doom enjoy douchebag It'd be so poisonous, he wouldn't even make it to the fight. One shot of it, he's like, oh, I'm feeling lightheaded. I must be rusty. Let me have a second glass. By the time he tries to pour the second glass, he's dead. Sure, there's no honor in this. I basically murdered the man with biological weapons, but hey, man, don't screw with the Chinese, man. We, Not all of us are honorable like it, man. I will definitely poison you. I will poison your wife. I'll poison your child. I'll poison your next door neighbor if that's what it takes. And that's what I took away from this movie. I'm ashamed to my people. <laughs> Man, never mind fighting oppression. I can't even beat my mental oopsies. Alright, that's it. That's episode 268 of the Kenny Ho Show. I hope you had yourself a good time listening. I sure as hell had a good time recording. So until next time, you take care of yourself. You've been listening to The Canny Ho Show. Roll those credits. Toodles.